Genomics Revolution. Welcome to Genomics Revolution. My name is Alexis Polkowicz from the 2019 Hiram College Genetics course hosting this episode on the genome called Yersinia pestis. This is a gram-negative, non-modal, rod-shaped cocobacillus bacteria that does not form spores and is a facultative anaerobe. This bacterium was discovered in 1894 by Alexander Yershin in Hong Kong. Yershin was able to isolate the bacterium in culture and identified it via microscope. John Paul Simon was Yershin's inspiration to do so, as in 1898, he discovered the bacteria was transferred from rodents by fleas, and Yershin thought it would be beneficial to learn more about such bacteria. You can probably guess where this is going. By doing so, he discovered that Yersinia pestis was responsible for causing the plague in humans. This podcast is going to discuss the Yersinia pestis Kim strain, which is responsible for both the bubonic and the pneumonic plagues. Yersinia pestis is claimed to be a potential weapon of bioterrorism because it can effectively evade its host's immune system and otherwise go unnoticed until it is too late and the symptoms become too severe for the body to fight them off. This tiny bacterium is responsible for drastically high mortalities throughout the course of history. Some people today still become infected by it. However, it is now treatable with present-day antibiotics and does not always result in death unless the case is very severe. The genome Yersinia pestis contains one circular chromosome of 4,600,755 base pairs with an average GC content of 47.64%. This genome encompasses 4,198 open reading frames and contains three different plasmids called PPCP1, PMT1, and PCD1. One key finding was in a study done in 2011 that looked at developing a possible vaccine for the plague by constructing a mutant of Yersinia pestis that expressed LPXL from the chromosome, which resulted in almost all of the lipid A in the cell being hexaacylated. This means that the LX, LPXL gene is not a gene that normal wild-type Yersinia pestis carry. The absence of this protein leads to the production of tetraacylated lipid A, which does not bind to the host receptor, therefore failing to stimulate the inflammatory response normally induced by lipid A. By making these hexaacylated, this allows the inflammation process to happen and the body can start to effectively fight off the bacteria. A second key finding is now that the genome of this bacterium is sequenced, researchers can now trace potential outbreaks and analyze the evolution of the bacteria. The differences in certain regions, such as the number of inverted rearranged segments in the different strains of Yersinia pestis in different regions of the world, shows how quickly certain strains are mutating compared to others. This can help researchers and epidemiologists predict what to expect from a certain strain over a particular period of time and keep up with effective medication. A third key finding is that researchers can use the sequenced genome and compare it to other sequenced bacterium genomes to identify close relatives of Yersinia pestis. This is very important because if there happens to be a certain bacteria that is very similar to Yersinia pestis and there is already an effective medication found to treat that bacteria, then maybe that medication can be used to treat Yersinia pestis as well. In the study done in 2002 on the genome sequence of Yersinia pestis Kim, the genome was continuously compared to E. coli K12. The origin, terminus, and most recent genes encoding DNA replication proteins are very similar to those of E. coli. Being able to relate Yersinia pestis to a bacteria that is already well known provides researchers with a means to answer a lot of previously unanswerable questions and can even inspire further experiments to test new hypotheses evolving from current knowledge of similar bacterial strains. 
Who knew such a tiny organism could be so deadly that it is responsible for billions of deaths throughout history? Without geneticists and epidemiologists, even though they weren't called such back in the 18 and 1900s, the human population could have been completely wiped out by now.